breached the Black Helpline. The revolution will not be televised. They gave me a year free. They made them pay three years of all three credit bureaus. This is, this is Capital One's mm-hmm. got to pay for this now. And then after that's done, another additional four years with one. And so I took that instead. Mm-hmm. You know. They're all feeding each other. They're all feeding each other anyway off of our thing. But I love this Samuel L. Jackson <coughs> meme. That shit's funny I don't hell. want them to know anything about me anymore. I mean, you know, they've proven what they can't do, which is protect my information. So why would I then turn around and say, okay, well, give me $125. And I still don't trust you with my information. Because I, they apologize. Oh. Because they apologize. But, but this is the time we need to hear those. That <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're not live. Are we? We're not recording. Yes, are we? we are. Oh my god! Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, in a few in a few years, I don't plan on being around here in order to need this fucking um, system of credit here. You know, but I need that shit right now in case I need to like get Jet? the fuck out of here. I'll take out every fucking loan I can for everything they'll give me. I'm like. Yeah, I I cash out later. Cash me in another country. Cash me outside. outside. Cash me outside. Cash me outside outside the country. (laughs) Cash me outside. No shit. (laughs) The motherfuckers must be high. Like yeah, I'm in. Speaking of high. All right. Hi, I'm Tricky Mickey. I'm now content. I'm Big Germ. You've reached the Black Helpline, where we're here to help those who Who don't don't know. know. So at any rate, let's talk about high. High, getting high. Getting high. In our last episode, we were talking about, what what was that? Lean? Lean. 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 God, I'm so square. Scissor. Scissor. Sipping. That sounds awful. Not scissor. It is fucking awful. It's basically coating. You know, you're just basically getting yourself high on liquid coating, liquid oxy, whatever. And they just pour the shit in there, mix it up with some 7-Up, put the little Kool-Aid in there. That's disgusting. I knew girls who used to drop acid in there, like liquid acid in their eyeballs. Yeah. And trip their their brains out. I was like, I don't know. Mm -mm. (laughs) It's not my thing. Well, that would happen right away. Yeah. Liquid liquid acid. I've dropped it. I've dropped it underneath my tongue, but I was always afraid to put it in my eye because I I took literally acid, literally. Damn. You know. Uh, Yes. (laughs) How was it? Tripping on acid, yeah. it goes faster when it goes through your bloodstream. Oh. You know, it's supposed to swallowing it. You put it under your tongue or in your eyeball, it goes right to your bloodstream. Never done it. You never did acid? No. I did acid I in my to. teens. I won't touch that shit. Oh wait, I, no. I did acid when I was in Laos many years ago. Shit. I did it at a uh, 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 a monastery. You dropped now. <laughs> did you, it with the monks. You dropped now. <laughs> um, I did it in my twenties. I dropped you acid tripped with monks. I did it strictly for about six years in my 20s on and off. Um, that's how I ended up in Seattle the first time. But not you just ended up there. Just because of acid, but because of the acid years. But I can taste it now. Oh, oh it, hurt, it makes my whole body hurt. I know. Just my just, whole body hurt. Oh, just thinking about it. Yeah. Mm. Not, I, I just, you know, a glass of wine here and there, cool. You know, some tequila, cool. But, you know, I'm, I'm too old for that shit. Too old. Well, yeah, it, it gets a little, um, LSD, yeah, um, mescaline, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about maybe doing an ayahuasca ceremony, but that's about as far as I'll go, you know. I've been thinking about ayahuasca, but that's something that transcends just general. Right. Drug, drug use. use. Right, you know? exactly. It's a spiritual thing. 
Right. Yep. It's not just going out watching balloons that aren't there floating around. Although I've had, you know, I've had some kind of spiritual experiences when I've been in a an altered state. Oh yes. I did mushrooms. That was cool. Mushrooms are good. They used to be good. I can't handle them anymore. That's that's all I did. It's fun. Chocolates. But I I just remember we microwaved like a whole chicken. (laughs) <laughs> you microwave a whole chicken. Yeah, wait. I mean it was already dead. But, I was but, waiting for the uh, entire yeah. rest of that story. You wait. You would microwave a chicken to cook it. That's what we did. It was like a group of us, and we just were in the warehouse district by the old Columbia warehouse. What does this have to do with taking mushrooms? We were on mushrooms when we did it. Oh, I'm like, who and eats a whole microwave? Who microwaves a whole chicken and all the way thinking, through? I want to just see what it looks like. And we did. We I ate want it. to see what happens. And how was it? How rubbery it was, was it? It was really good. You I mean, this is over 30 years ago. You can eat on mushrooms? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But we were getting sick thinking about that. Well, Ew. you know, to each their own, bro. I mean, you just sitting there smacking on chicken, and you, you, you yeah, the tr- the tracers alone. Just the rubber, just the rubber of the chicken that coming was out of a microwave. microwave. It ain't a slow roasted thing. This is like a five minute bird. You had to be in your in your late teens to be doing some shit like that. No, dude, I was I was like twenty, twenty three or something like that. Yeah, what the fuck? It was nice. Don't knock my All fucking right. good experiences. I don't knock yours. I don't have any. Huh. Well, you know what? Big Jerem is right. To each their own. Well, I've never eaten on any psychedelics. I couldn't even stomach that. I can't even that. look at I it. I did bowl look at it. a 298, though, <gasps> on acid at Fireside Bowl in Chicago. I've never yes. had a better pool game than... Right. I'm telling like you. Like, everything turned into geometric shapes. Everything. I, I, all of a sudden, <laughs> it all like, made sense amazing. for, for it a made, short amount of time. It made fucking perfect sense. It made perfect sense. But then, all of a sudden, what happened for me was all the dotted lines. I saw dotted lines. I was like, okay, if you hit it right there on this dotted line, this is what's like, going to happen. I was like, bank shots I ran a table. I've never run a pool table ever in my life. Wow. It See, was amazing. Altered states. Hey. Who was who was the brother that that uh, that pitched the perfect score on LSD? Um, what was his name? Uh, uh, I'm gonna tell you because I have a machine that will tell me what's going on in the world. It's a black helpline machine. Like the black helpline <laughs> machine. My computer. It's almost like a time machine, but not quite. Yes, I can't had, find had, his he name. Had a perfect. Yes, he had a perfect. He pitched a perfect. Um, game, and he was um, Doc. His name is Doc. Yes, but anyway, it goes to show you that there are some aspects where, when you take these psychedelics <laughs> like LSD, that your that things start to actually fit in place for a short period of time. I've heard some people like to make love on psychedelics. Make yeah, love. I'm not make one of those. love. Oh. <laughs> No. They like to make love no. on psychedelics. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh, I was, very so I was, I was underachieving with the chicken, obviously. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you were setting. If a it precedent. tastes like chicken, <laughs> you were setting a precedent, my brother. Because that, I'm like, if you sat there and waited, I'm gonna make love to you, woman. Oh my god! <laughs> you can't do that on. You can't do that on on um. While you rolling, you can't do that. While you rolling, you can't do that. While you rolling, why not? <laughs> I can't anyway. Okay, well there you go. Because I'll just I'll just start thinking about flagpoles and shit, and what you know, what am I doing? Flagpoles. <laughs> well, 
I wonder where he got that flagpole from that I saw at his house the other day. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, you know, acid was great. I love, but I, 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 I've always liked it and I still like smoking pot. Mm. Pot calms me down. I like the smell of it. I like different strains of it. Um, it's my go-to, you know, in lieu of pharmaceuticals. You know, it helps to calm me down. And, you know, the only thing I can't do in pod is work, you know, do technical things. Because mm. I will forget something, like a screw, you know, or, like the, or the ram. I like I love, dancing stoned. Me too. And I like doing that too. That's about it for me. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of it. Because I find that it really kind of curbs my, my, uh, my ability to be social. And I want to be able to talk to people if I just feel like some sort of paranoid clown cowering in a corner, which is certainly not my style. <laughs> I feel like I'm really actually drawing more attention to myself than I care to. Yeah, um, those usually are the times when you know different different strains can actually cause different effects. Sure. You know, typically, when people have that effect, they're smoking. They're uh, you know a sativa person, but they're going to smoke some indica. And that shit's strong. Yeah, I don't want indica. Mm. That makes you withdraw, you know. No. If I get high, I do it alone. You alone? I don't need to be around people. In a bathroom with the lights off? No, no, no. Just in front of a TV or something, you know. Yeah? Just with, like, I don't know. You don't want to spark up, son? No, no. All right, that's cool. No. I understand. But this kind of... I don't want to have to go anywhere if I'm high. If, you know, I just want to... Oh, you don't want to have to do anything. You just want to enjoy it. Just, yeah. You know, there's just, a, I, like, I like to watch TV. You know, there's, reef, there's a reefer Uber. Who is it? A reefer Uber. Yeah, yeah. Who is it? It's a, it's a service. It's oh, Uber yeah. for, for, for reefer heads. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be the deal, though? Reefer I mean, it's... Uber. <clears throat> they pick you up, drive you around, you spark up in the Uber, you go back in the house. No, no, no. That's, I... In that Colorado sounds like only. Too, I'd have yeah, to in Colorado, it sounds like too much work. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like too much work. I was thinking like a delivery service. There, there, there is that actually. Yeah. You know, they have delivery services. Oh, in, man, for any, they put for the any, weed man out of service. Any state that has any state that has legalized marijuana um, has certified delivery services because there's a lot of people who are homebound mm-hmm. who use it. When I know. lived in New York, when it wasn't legal, we still had weed delivery. Services. I had weed delivery services weed in the man. Twin Cities. There for years go. until they killed him. But <laughs> I did have a weed delivery guy. Yes, I did. Doing an honest day's work. But, you know, what's interesting is that although we sit here and we're flippant about our drug use, many people do feel that black people in the community are nothing but drug addicts. Absolutely. And nothing could be further from the truth. You know, there's, there could be a lot of opinions why people might think that, you know, people can have their assumptions of why it's that way. Why people in the black community, you know, self-medicate. Um, I grew up around addicts, so um, I saw why people self-medicated. As to why other people do it, I wouldn't even know. You know. No, I think self-medication is a very good point. I mean, you know, the lack of despair, or the not the lack of despair, the despair that many of us feel dealing with shit day in and day out, perhaps contributes to that you know there's any number of factors that can contribute to why somebody turns to drugs to use them but to say that it's just black people or the black community who suffer from from rampant drug addiction or drug addiction problems is such a falsity yet it's always the focus it's that oh drugs are ruining the black community it's like yeah drugs are ruining all communities 
Every community. But the only ones that 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 people seem to say, well, it's only affecting the black people, and so let let them let them deal with it themselves. Well, can we get a? I mean, I can I can honestly say, can we get a hallelujah for the fact that they're finally starting to address the fact that we have a drug epidemic, but it's opioids and it's affecting Caucasians, yeah. and now it's being broadcast. <clears throat> we had you know we had the Reagans. You know, during the war on drugs, and then we got the Clintons enforcing that war. But we prison never, sentences. Yeah, yeah, we never uh, Kamala Harris. We never, um, <laughs> we never addressed the fact. What was uh, we never addressed the, the cause of it, the cause of the self medication, the cause of the influx of the drugs into the black community. We didn't bring it into our own community because well, we couldn't afford it. How can the hell we gonna? We can barely afford to live. How the hell do we afford to get those drugs into the community? You know, I got a long explanation for that, and I won't go into that detail, but I'm sure Big Jim knows what I'm talking about. Hoover. <clears throat> yeah, vacuum cleaners. It wasn't mm-hmm. vacuum cleaners, yeah, but the other one. But What's we are always one? stigmatized. What What's, this? What's this innuendo? CIA. <clears throat> you know, select the community. You know, when you want to keep people stagnant, you give them things that keep them there. You know, it's like welfare whiskey, you know. This thing I saw today. You just keep them there, you know. Keep people, keep people, you know, sedated, you know. And, and flood communities with anything. You flood Anoka County with opioids to keep people from leaving there. You flood North Minneapolis with crack and marijuana to keep people from living there, you know. Well, in a side way, you could actually say that religion does basically the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. it does. Keeps it's the biggest right. drug of all. You know, <clears throat> guilt. Guilt or hope. Hope, hope that something hope, hope, hope that something better is going to be waiting for you in the promised land with the oh, the long blonde haired blue eyed Jesus that Savior. will be there to greet you and the yeah. gray haired white I was in man church yesterday who is going to church. save you. Oh, I'm waiting for Messiah to save me because Master couldn't do it. Yeah, you there's know. no there are no black gods. No, there are, there are not not as far as these people. There are, we don't have any black saviors. We are our own saviors. Yeah. But, you know, drugs have always been historically a way to do it. You know, we got we can go all the way back to the jazz days when we had uh, we, all of our heroes were junkies. You know, it was pain. Preachers are just like pimps. Yep, they are. Dressed the same. Yes, they are. You know, except for a preacher ain't got to beat you for it. It just guilt you out of it, you know. Well, they do a whole lot of other stuff, too. Yes, they do. The biggest drug, Personal. like I said, it's a drug, too. Religion is another drug that's being used against people's wills to control them, you know. Once you get somebody strong enough heroin, it can hit them, and they're going to chase that high for the rest of their lives. Now we got fentanyl putting them in the ground, you know. And like I said, it wasn't a big deal until it started happening to a, the protected class in our country. Yeah, seventy-seven thousand people lost their lives in twenty seventeen due to opioid overdoses. That's a lot of that's, people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. But I can guarantee we've lost a whole lot more um, in communities of color. Um, collectively, you know, in the minority years that we had here, we are no longer in minority years. Would you say what what percentage of the breakdown is prescription opioid versus like street street cut? Some of it, some of those numbers are hard to determine because yeah. because they people just are, are stealing back and forth. Well, yeah, yeah. they have they have op- they have opioid camps that go. From state to state, county to county, filling prescriptions mm-hmm. that people are getting, and they're being subsidized by these people who are. We'll give you a place to live if you do this, and then we'll give you a. Uh, we'll give you a little bit of what you help us get. 
to right. keep you floating and, and sustain, yet we'll, we'll keep a roof over your head. Right. You know? And it's fucked up. And it happens all over the place, all over the country. But like I said, no one says, gives a fucking word, says a fucking word, unless someone in the protected class starts to get sick. And well, they're getting well, sick. Well, they don't have what they have in the South. If you go to, like, Tennessee... You see all these pain clinics? Yeah. Oh, yes. The pain clinics. Yep, it's the pain clinics. <laughs> you know, they advertise, like, come see us, and you you can off the street walk in there and come out with a prescription, something, oxy, whatever. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You know? Well, they're getting, they're, they're, the government is finally cracking down on finally the manufacturers, mm-hmm. you know, because they're starting to kill too many white people. <sighs> You know? Well, it's oh, interesting oh. going back to The Godfather, you know, that, that scene in The Godfather when they're all having their, you know, the heads of all the families are coming together and and they're approving the use of drugs and the trafficking of drugs. Right, in right. The I remember that and, scene. Yeah. We'll keep it in the in the dark neighborhoods, in the coloreds. Yep. They're yep. animals anyway, so let them kill each other. Yep. Yep. It's a true story, and that's exactly what they did. You know, they, they, they had help. You know, you can't get something into the, you, you can't flood the neighborhoods. Um, communities of color with tons and tons of cocaine unless you were getting it from somewhere, unless you had a government looking the other way, you know, which is what they did for a long time in the 60s and 70s. But you don't want to kill off the consumers. No, you give so them you the might want to get, help them out a little bit. Oh, you give, give them, them some hope. That's, that's where the religious shit comes yep, in. Yep. You know, give them some hope, give them a way out, and then give them right back in there. Well, yeah, I mean, use the pulpit for, you know, the pulpit is the pipe, you know, in a lot of communities, you know. I mean, if you grew up around junkies and then you, those same junkies on, on Sunday morning are at church with your fucking mother, you know. But as soon as church lets out, hell, sometimes even before church lets out, they end up damn bathroom shooting up. True story, you know. The shit you see when you grow up in the hood, you know. Couldn't even imagine. I couldn't either until I saw the shit. You know, but it's it's always been there. But I think, but I'm gonna tell you what I do think, though. I've seen a, I've seen a shift myself in the, the types of narcotics that are being used by people that look like us. I've seen them go to go to these go to these things like lean, drinking this liquid narcotic, yeah. versus you know smoking crack. I mean, I ain't seen a crackhead in a minute. Nope. You know, uh, I ain't seen no black junkie walking around in a minute. All I see are people nodding off at bus stops, you know, yeah. and usually you can tell a junkie a mile away. He's the only motherfucker that's got long sleeve search on the 95 degree heat. You know, we all still got friends that are like that. And, you know, they, you know, they still out there with them long ass sleeves on. But now these young boys, yeah. young boys are into this. Narcotic, this sling, liquid narcotic. You know, the mollies and all that. Yep. And that's because of the music they're yep. listening to. All the littles this, littles that, you yep. know, Cardi what. You know, all of them are just having it in their videos. Oh, oh, in I their know. Videos and it's it's okay. Well, I've seen and I and I see this stuff and I go, this the, if it's in a glass, it's in a glass. Right. You know what it is? A white white styrofoam cup. You know what it is? You know? Well, no, I'm talking like if a, a chalice or something. Oh, a cha- oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, a yeah. Well, you know, well, you know the Negro that made who, that made that synonymous with himself, and that was Snoop uh, Snoop D O G G Snoop Line putting walking around with that chalice. Now, back in the day, when he was walking around with that thing, and they said they're like, "Oh, he's just drinking." 
gin and juice or something. It's like, no, he ain't drinking no gin. There ain't mm. no gin and juice in there. There's some, mm. some Kool-Aid and, and morphine, liquid morphine in that thing. And that's what they that's what they drink. Where do they get it from? Same place people get Oxycontin that need that. They break into a pharmacy where they use yeah. a prescription. Dr. Feelgood. Prescription. Dr. Feelgood, pain clinics, you know. And it's being made more and more and more every year because it's a huge market. Well, the pharmaceutical industries are starting to come under fire as our doctors who are prescribing, over-prescribing uh, opioids, and then people are becoming addicted or dying. Mm-hmm. And people are, industries and doctors are now actually being held accountable for these things. But I want to play just a quick snippet of a video. Sure. Um, who, from a woman who, uh, who felt the hand of God on her. And a demon came with his penis and put it in my <laughs> mouth. I saw that. And, and then he, tried, he came again and he slept with me last week. And I, I told the, the pastor that I need deliverance again. And since then, my private part has been itching. Itching. Yes. Itching. Get demon. Look at demon. Look, look, oral sex. Oral sex demon. You see oral sex? Look, oral sex. Look, 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 look. You, you oral sex. Use oral sex. Let that sperm of that man out. Religion is a hell of a drug. Religion is a hell of a drug. That motherfucker was at the funeral I was at yesterday. <laughs> that was the dude Fucking screaming dude. screaming like Yafet Kodo in your ear. Fucking, yeah. Where are all these? God love them. And they're, we're from them. Where are all these African preachers coming up, popping up? They're the all hood. frightening. In the hood. No, they're coming out. They're yeah. coming in the hood because now they, they don't foam at the mouth. So they, yeah. they can trust yeah, them. Sure. You know? <laughs> But that those tapas. But religion has always been the biggest drug, because whenever whenever actual drugs fail, one addiction for another. Okay, here's drugs at here's drugs at a funeral. Drugs at a funeral, ladies and Let's gentlemen. See if it comes Praise the Lord, Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Amen. I'm gonna sing "Amazing Grace." Possibly the sound. <laughs> We are making fun of condition. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> I want people to sing with me, too. Is that real? Oh, me. Secret. How sweet does that sound like a drunk Mike Tyson? <laughs> it's the organ guy's like. Uh. That's Lech, brother. Lech. <laughs> yeah, Reverend, so there you go. Reverend Slip Slip. He said length. Nice. Has, um, <laughs> so, oh, serious oh, question here. How many have, have either of you ever lost someone to drug addiction? Oh yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. It was it was half was halfway that a rhetorical? rhetorical. Yeah. Halfway I mean, rhetorical. You know, it's much like saying, you know, do you have a friend who's gay or do you have a friend who's this, that and the exactly. other thing? It's like Unfortunately, yes, 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 yes. Across the board, yes. We all have them. Um you know, it's And this it's, town for me, the majority has been they've been white though. I ain't never had no black overdose either. Yeah. 
I've had a couple, but yeah. um, no, mostly mostly it's been white people, white friends. Yeah, um, I I should have lost a a sister, but she held on. She was a heroin addict for twenty five years, and um, she died early. I mean, she cleaned her act up, but she died early. Mm-hmm. But that was probably the worst for me to watch that deterioration. You know, even worse than I found my friend um, John over dead from an overdose. And that didn't even affect me. He had every opportunity in the world. But didn't take it. Yeah, it's... I don't know. There's there's something to be said for somebody who can't face their their demons or their internal turmoil or their pain and their suffering. And to me, that is really what a lot of addiction is. Yeah. It's a lot of pain. It's a lot of suffering. It's a lot of being absolutely incapable or not armed with the tools to help yourself face the shit that you've you've seen or you've gone through absolutely and it is an addiction and not it is a an addiction not a choice not a choice yeah it may be a choice at the beginning mm. but it's not after no. a while it's not a choice anymore yeah. i'm thoroughly sympathetic to to drug addicts i'm thoroughly sympathetic to to people who just can't face their own pain my mother was a drug addict and so there's a whole lot of family history that way where it's like, you know, there's just so much shit that somebody goes through and they just can't do it. They don't have the strength to come out of it. Some people do. And and it's fucking amazing when they can come out of it and they can face their shit. And some people can't. And that's just that. Yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to watch. I've watched a lot of people go down go down that rabbit hole. Yep. And after a while I unfortunately I became numb to it. You know, I just I mean, I cared. I loved them, but how many times can you replace a VCR? You know, hmm. back in those days, how how many times can you you know replace your paycheck? You know, call the bank and say, "I'm sorry, my my credit card was stolen." So when went on the shopping spree. Yep. You right. know, I mean, after a while, you just have to. Sometimes you have to give up on certain people. Yes. You know, and that's sad because I, for one, have a long, long, long line for that and it will take a long time for me to give up once that's done it's a lot of shit that has to that has to go on you know i for me it's not necessarily giving up on them because if they need me i'm going to be there for them it's mm-hmm. more that i need to it's self-preservation and oh, yeah. i need to i need to make sure that i'm not giving up so much of myself that's going to somebody else that i'm forgetting about self-care and too often people who are, especially children who are on the receiving end of people who are drug addicts, um, find that they end up giving up huge chunks of who they are so yes. that the other person can have some semblance of normalcy or a life or that the normalcy that they expect will be there because the child provides it or the, yeah. the spouse yeah. provides it. I hate it. to say it, but the majority of the people that we know, or maybe just I know, that are drug addicts and aren't going to come out of it. Are dead. Yeah. At this well, point. At this age. At this age. You've aged out of it, you know, or you're dead. Yep. Right. So that's There's the no fucking way you make it to 50 and you're still a drug addict. <laughs> well, know? no, I knew this one. My mom knew this guy who was in his 70s. She was on the methadone program with him, isn't he? He called himself Butter. And Butter, Butter was in his 70s and wow. had, been, had been a drug addict for 
45, 50 years. Wow. I don't... Um, well, I mean, William S. Burroughs, hello, yeah. Burroughs was a drug well, addict, yeah. and he was... You know, I mean, there's certain people who transcend the generalities, yeah. but nine out of ten times, in fact, probably nine and a half out of ten times, they ain't going to make it to 50 if Shit, they're still well, going that William way. S. Burroughs lived outside of his skin, though, too. Mm-hmm. For, I don't know how he... I still don't know how he did it. But I, I don't know many... I don't know any old junkies. No, me either. You know? No. I mean, I, I, I don't. And I wish I did because, I honestly, I'd rather some of them still be alive. Well, you know? this is true. This is true. I'd rather some of them still be alive. But at the same time, if they were still junkies, I still wouldn't be in contact with them because yeah, I well, can't. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, with some people, you know, like some of my friends I grew up with, you know, it would it, just to know that they're there, just to have the memory of them. But yep. I suppose the memory that I have of them is going to have to do. And then has done all these years. Yeah, yep. You know, I'm just blessed that I'm not in that position, because it could be it could have been any one of That's us right. in yeah. any different situation that we chose to take the hard way to heal. That's right. You know, because everybody in this room has had to heal. Here's at least one. one here's time. a question: Would you say social media and watching some of these people deteriorate has made it worse? Because uh, sometimes they call for help. Most of these people have been dead before social media for me. Yeah, they, yeah. they were okay. they were but there's well, a lot I've of people. watched some I watched that too. A lot of people some reaching put, out put out final posts about about, about addiction and things shit. like that. Crazy shit. And then and you but, see their final post and then the next thing they're dead. Yeah, I've seen that a couple of times. Actually I've seen that and a couple that of times memorialized. On, on Facebook and then it's memorialized. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't I don't believe in I don't believe in um in um you know you know, being happy about somebody finally being gone because of those reasons. You know, celebrating someone's final, their pain being gone, that's not a valid reason to celebrate that pain. Not celebrate, but at the same time, when somebody's in pain, when any any living entity is in pain, you don't want to see it suffer. No. Absolutely not. And you don't want them to suffer at all. And it's not as I, I don't celebrate. I certainly wouldn't say that I would celebrate when somebody passes away, but if their pain has ceased, that's what I mean. There's something to be said for that. Well, there is something to be said for that, and you know, people like me may be slightly jaded because I've seen addiction all my life, in, in its in its worst form. You know, um, I I'm usually okay with a lot of the people who are really in a bad spot not being in that spot anymore but that doesn't mean i don't miss them though you know right yep well to our to our lost lost crew to our lost crew we love you we miss you who just couldn't hack it see you on the other side stay on the other side (laughs) stay on the other side (laughs) no they i hope they don't come back to haunt me i had a friend who was haunted by her ex-husband who od'd and she wasn't afraid afraid of him. Fuck that. <laughs> she said when Fuck he was that. when he was haunting her, it it wasn't the horror that he exhibited when he was alive. It was actually a calming, you know. And oh, it actually it made her feel better, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's probably because he wasn't putting his hand on a person no more. But you know, 
either way, she she felt calm about his his departure. Nah, Ghostbusters. Well, that reminds me. That reminds me of this woman who married a pirate ghost who was three hundred years oh, who lived yeah. three hundred years yeah. ago. But that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> and we uh-huh. have Tricky pirates, finding pirates the still, only thing on the internet that I could never even f- <laughs> figure out where to look for this shit. Pirates booty. <laughs> Pirate's booty. Pirate's booty. booty. What's that smacking sound? Nothing. It's nothing. Just ignore that. That was the cat. I love it. And with that said. With that said, it was just the cat. (laughs) We'll talk about pirates and booty and and the cat. And the cat. In the next episode. For the Black Helpline, I am Tricky Mickey. I'm Malcontent. I'm Big Germ. Hell yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Please email us at blackhelpline at gmail.com. You can Twitter at us at blackhelpline, or you can also leave us a Google voice at 612-615-9636. From all of us here at the Black Helpline, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. The revolution.